Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hello, Single to Seal family. Welcome back for another episode. We are so thrilled because today joining us for another episode is our good friend, our very knowledgeable and experienced podcast guest, Tanisha Shedden. And she is joining us today to talk about the topic that we have for you, which is what green flags are you looking for in a relationship? Tanisha, how are you feeling today? Good. How are you guys? <laughs> it doesn't great. sound convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I've been kind of like feeling a little under the weather lately, but I am good and I'm happy to podcast with you guys today. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to bring this episode. And before we jump into that, we have a new review that we received on the Apple podcast. And so we're excited to share that with you guys because it made us feel all warm and happy inside. And fuzzy. It's really cute. Okay, this is from Ygrad. Uh, This person said, timely and practical dating advice. They gave us five stars and said, I've been listening to this podcast for this past several months now and really appreciate the variety of content, guest speakers like Tanisha and principles shared in the episodes. Dating can be tough for many reasons and because of mistakes as well, but learning to apply the things mentioned in this podcast has made it much easier and enjoyable. Brianna and Jerry, you guys rock. I believe you're making a positive impact out there, especially among the LDS slash Christian dating community. Anyone out there wondering whether to listen or not, I'd highly recommend doing so and learning from all of the episodes. Cheers. Yeah, super awesome. Thanks so much for submitting that review and taking the time to do that. I know sometimes it can seem like we're going way out of the way <laughs> to do a review, especially one that lengthy. So we really appreciate really appreciate that happening. And if you guys haven't had a chance to do so, please make sure that you're leaving a rating or a review and subscribing wherever you are so you don't miss out on any of the single to sealed content. Perfect. Well, we're going to dive right into our conversation for today and just get started talking about what we are supposed to be looking for. What prompted this conversation and this idea of green flags is actually Monica Moore Smith. If you guys know about her or follow her on Instagram, she made a post chatting about and asking her her followers what their green flags were that they looked for in a relationship. And I really loved that idea. And I never heard it phrased like that before. So it kind of got my gears turning. And I was like, you know what? We need to talk more about what the green flags are and not just always the red flags. Everyone knows what the red flags are. I hope so. If not, I guess I'll do an episode just on red flags too. But today is about green flags and about the good things that you should be looking for in your relationship. Yeah, there are several things that constitute the green flags. And first and foremost, the outline for how this podcast is going to go is we feel that there is a relatively set list of things that are pretty absolute, that if if you hear these ideas that we're sharing that are the green flags, all of these should be able to apply to you and somebody that you're looking for who's going to help you have a successful relationship and successful future. And then, of course, after that, we're going to talk a little bit about how there's individual green flags that we can set in order to further make that list more personalized to us and helping us narrow down who we want to find for our future. Perfect. And Tanisha, do you want to start us off? What would be your number one green flag item that you would want to see in someone you're dating? I think the number one green flag for me is going to be um, prefers communication over stonewalling. So someone that even if they're like an anxious person that would prefer to keep talking and keep having a conversation rather than stonewalling. Um, I think definitely over communicators and under communicators can have problems, but it's always better to be someone who can, who can continue to communicate despite being frustrated um, and that's a really good sign for a relationship. So I'd say that's my number one. So if I was a fourth grader and you were to tell me what a stone wall is, how would you describe that? Um, stonewalling is when 
you refuse to talk to someone because you're frustrated and you ignore them. And it's when you decide that that you don't have anything more to say, but also you're unwilling to listen. So stonewalling is something that you do intentionally to make the other person feel bad. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. I'm a happy fourth grader. <laughs> so I think I think that I think that um helps to tie that idea together because just having that open communication is so important and I think you'll realize how quickly relationships will will fail and you've probably seen this in your own like practices um with your um specialty of how people failing to to communicate. I mean, that pretty much sets the the standard for the rest of the topics, because again, if you're not even communicating, then you're not even going to notice or have a conversation about half of these green flags. Exactly. I agree. And like with stonewalling, it's, it's different than just lacking communication skills. It's like intentional and it's kind of when someone decides that their feelings are more valid than somebody else's and that they're going to ignore it intentionally and it just sabotages the relationship so yeah i think it's a good way to roll into things is just communicate and be willing and communicating like you can tell someone hey i don't want to talk anymore can we please take a break and then if you don't talk after that that doesn't count as stonewalling because you've communicated that sure and i think that uh that perfectly goes in hand with one of the other points we have on our list, which is to be a good listener. Because in order to have that good communication, you have to be listening and not just hearing what the other person is saying, you know. Another one that I think is a really uh, important green flag here is responds well to criticism. Your partner responds well to criticism. I think that's that's really huge because you need someone who's willing to adapt, someone who's willing to to change and and improve things about themselves um, that maybe need a little bit of rounding off to help them be a better um, overall individual. There's a lot of things in our life that we're always looking to apply and to change. And hopefully we're not somebody who says, I don't have a lot of those because you're exactly who I'm talking to. <laughs> There's so many things for all of us to always be working on because we're not perfect beings. So Tanisha, like, what do you think about that? I think that it's important to listen to your partner and take into account what they're saying. Um, I'm also a person that struggles with accepting feedback. And so specifically from my partner, I don't like it when I'm asked to make changes. It makes me really anxious and I feel uncomfortable. So sometimes like my response to feedback is like, like that made me feel like, I wasn't good enough and that makes me very resistant to accepting feedback even though I know that I I need to um but I think it's a really good standard and a really good principle for people to just be willing to accept what the other person is saying I think it's important to define like the difference between constructive feedback and criticism versus like picking at your partner and like tearing them down because you don't like something that they're doing. And so obviously constructive criticism is going to be like, Hey, I wonder what it would be like if we did things differently. You know, I want to see something change. I noticed that, um, I feel really overwhelmed and we're not very organized. Let's try to do this together. Whereas criticism is you're not doing this correctly. And I've asked you to do it before and it's not working out, and it's more anger-driven and not love-driven. Or like to go to the extreme when you say, oh, it's so annoying when you say that, or I hate when you do this, or you're always blah, 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 blah. Yes, and those are what's called, so they're called Gottman's Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and one of them is criticism. Um, It's one of the predictors for divorce, so he did a 30-year, 20-year-long study, just actually he put cameras up in apartments that couples agreed to just live in for however long, and he watched them, and he could pinpoint 
their divorce date <laughs> after oh watching goodness. them. He's a <laughs> he's a very famous researcher for doing this because he has like a 90% success rate and he's the only evidence-based program to ever effectively treat um, domestic violence. Hmm. Yep. So well, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. It's like a superpower. You could be like, you're getting divorced this time because of how you spoke to each other. <laughs> I know. It's like it's kind of sad though, because you're like, dang, wow. Yeah. So I think that's actually important that you bring up then, because I guess that's going to change um, our green flag here a little bit. We originally started by saying responds well to criticism, but we need to reword that. Then we're going to say responds well to constructive feedback and also gives good constructive feedback to you would be also a green flag um and the way that they talk to you and and they give that feedback one thing i loved about jerry when i was dating him which leads back to this green flag was how well he accepted that feedback that i would give him on different things and i thought that was a really important thing to have in a relationship is that nice balance where you can be like hey when you did this it really hurt me is there a way that we can you know not do that again like how can we make this situation better and jerry was always so quick to problem solve and to help you know work on things that were maybe bothering me or hurting my feelings and i just really loved that about him i still do oh thank you <laughs> that's amazing work on that. though that's such a <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me out on the podcast babe <laughs> we're not all perfect <laughs> you'll be like me one day um, but yeah, so that's definitely a really important green flag to have. And obviously super important now that Tanisha mentioned it's one of four, you said four things that John Gottman says. Yes. Yeah. Um, so definitely write that down in your little notebook where you're taking notes right now. And we're not going to spoil it here, but you can do your own research, but this might be a fun topic. <laughs> Maybe next time <laughs> that yeah. we have Tanisha, <laughs> we'll, we'll go over the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know them now, Google John Gottman's Four Horsemen and you'll find it. <laughs> we'll link that in the show notes too. So you guys can have a quick, quick link to that. All right. So moving on to our next green flag. We think that it's really important for us to be able to be happy with the way that the other person is spending money. So preferably you want somebody who's going to be thrifty and frugal but overall you really want to be able to find somebody whose spending habits at least can complement your own yeah so you really don't want someone who you know spends a ton of money and then you spend a ton of money and then you have a relationship with two people who just spend money all the time you guys will never have money so (laughs) if you are fine with having a partner who does spend a little bit more then that just needs to reflect better in you that you're the one that is a little bit more frugal like in jerry and i's case (laughs) (laughs) I love to shop on Amazon and he's the budget keeper who like has an Excel spreadsheet and tells us exactly how much we have at the end of each month. And, you know, he's a really good tracker. And so if we both had an Amazon addiction, then that could be really bad. But we, do, we both don't, which be, is good. You would just be Chad and Tanisha. <laughs> yeah, I think this point, this point is really important. I mean, Everybody comes from a bunch of different backgrounds. I just feel I feel like when you come from a background of more money, you probably have parents that will instill that idea into you of how you make and keep more money. Same thing as when you come from low income, you know, you you may have parents who show you how to get by when you have less. And so there's just a lot of life lessons that we can learn. Either way, nobody's going to argue with you that it's good to have a partner who's mindful of of a budget and and stays out of out of unimportant debt and and knows how to manage their finances yeah and i think it's important to note here that like tanisha you said that both you and chad like to spend you know money on amazon um communication leads back to that so good effective communication when it comes to finances and being open and making sure that you're both talking about like what you're spending and you're comfortable talking about finances because that's a big part of marriage and it's also a big um cause of divorce is finances and so that's why it's so important that even if maybe you don't see completely eye to eye on finances that you guys are open to working with one another and working with budget and talking finances and understanding exactly where you guys are before you make a a commitment to one another and obviously as you're listening to this podcast like the the green flags span your entire dating experience so 
have some of these are going to apply more to the beginning. Some of these are going to apply all the way to the point where you're looking to someone to get engaged and, and through engagement, you know, obviously you're not having this conversation on day one. <laughs> so don't be, don't be thinking about that all too much, but this is just all things to keep in mind as you're progressing through that dating experience and looking uh, for somebody to take the next step with. Yes, I agree. And on that, I think that it's so important to recognize the kind of values you associate with money to determine kind of where you're at. So when you talk to your whoever you're dating or your spouse or future spouse about money, I think it's important for you to recognize what that means. Like for me, I've realized that money to me means safety and security. So I will make arrangements to spend money on Amazon, but my husband is more of a spender than I am even. And I didn't think that was possible, but I realized that when like, I feel, I feel okay when I spend money because I feel like, fine with what I spent and then it's over but then when we like double the whammy um I feel like really I feel nervous or feel scared because I'm like what if we don't have any money and so um I think it's important some people value money as they see money as power or they see money as love or appreciation or they see money as like me safety and security so I think the value that you put on money will determine your conversations with your partner about money and what those look like. They could be extremely emotional because you think money means love, or they could be extremely casual because you think money is just what it is. You just think it's paper. And I think that there's, it's very realistic for, for money uh, conversations. Um, and specifically in the situation where you described that uh, somebody might like me might see money as more like safety and security and, I don't really spend as much as I like to save it. And, you know, somebody else, I mean, not, Brianna's not necessarily like this, but um, if she were to spend money consistently all the time, you know, I may start to resent her too. And I may start to resent her because I feel like I don't, I don't get to spend money on me now, even though I'm doing the saving, she's spending all the savings, <laughs> you know? And so, and so like, obviously you're not gonna see this much in, in dating, but I'm telling you what you take, what you have in dating is going to be taken into marriage and, going to get bigger Mm -hmm. and so this is something you have to be aware of like somebody's spending habits and I guess their level of maintenance to some degree because um, you're gonna have to have a lifestyle that matches that and and be okay with those with those habits yes or you can come together and talk about how yeah how that's how that's gonna work and how you can change things to make it work within your within your expectations because I know a lot of us our income statuses change um you know, we might be really poor like me and Chad were really poor when we started out. And now we make probably triple the money we made when we first got married. Because when we first got married, we were in college, had nothing. And now we graduated and have jobs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. understanding that it will change, but always that effective communication and openness surrounding finances should remain the same always. And it should be a, a constant thing you can see during your dating and engagement before you get married that you guys have that. Exactly. Okay. Well, we are going right on to the next point. So another really important point to have is charity or service for one another. That comes in handy. Let me tell you a lot in marriage <laughs> and you can definitely look for that, that green flag in dating. Um, it doesn't just come in the form of, typical stuff like you might think like opening the car door and that kind of stuff but um, when you're having like a bad day or you're sick how do they react are they like annoyed by you being sick or unavailable to them or are they looking for ways to serve you and to be there for you and different things like that are very important to watch for while you're dating and when you do see those green flags I would say that's a really good sign because you're looking for someone who's going to put your needs above their wants and that's that's a huge, huge key right there. Yeah, I think that being able to to serve uh, your partner is just is so important. I know that just when Brianna does the simplest acts, you know, of kindness for me, things that I don't expect, you know, it just it just makes a difference. It makes me happy. It, sometimes it just makes me know she cares more than anything else that she could do that day. <laughs> and I think that I noticed that when we were dating, that yeah, Brianna was always so willing to say what what can I do for you just on a, on a normal basis now how can I help you today with with this or are you feeling like that like what can I do 
to to help you with that and even even just even just a sentence like that or the sentiment or somebody being willing to serve can sometimes be oh, just a, so just sweet. as effective <laughs> that's so sweet oh yeah brianna is a seriously such a serving person like even as her friend like she lo- she just it's in her soul. She just helps people. You guys um, are so sweet. Really, doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. No, seriously. It's like the cutest thing. I have a specific situation where we went to my parents' house to visit and Chad got so <laughs> sick. Like he was staying in the guest bedroom and I was staying in the guest bedroom in my basement. And he was staying in the guest bedroom next to my stepdad's bedroom <laughs> in my mom's bedroom. And he, I guess, had gotten up in the middle of the night with, like, he was throwing up, and he didn't make it in time, so he threw up all over the carpet, like, everywhere. It was disgusting. Oh, no. And he's just laying in bed, like, He's going to love like, that you're telling just... this story. It <laughs> 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 was funny. He was just so sick, and um, he texts me, and I, like, and I saw, like, five in the morning, like, he's like, could you come upstairs? I'm, like, so sick. And so I helped him, like, cleaned him up, like, bleach him. Like, I come in with, like, a hazmat suit, like, gloves, like, <laughs> trash, <laughs> just bleaching everything and trying to get him, get him some water and some Pedialyte and everything. And then a uh, few hours later, I got it. And he oh, took no. care of me. <laughs> and he just, like, cuddled me because I just, it was, whatever he had, it was horrible. I got it. And I thought I was going to die. And I was, like, oh. crying. And he just, like, was, like, holding me and, like, you know, taking care of me, too. And so that was when I realized we could both, we were both capable of taking care of each other. And that's when I realized that I did want to marry him because, like, he was, I was sweet to him and he was sweet to me. Like, I I realized in myself I was willing to do that kind of thing for him because it was gross. And he was willing to (laughs) do that kind of thing for me. And so it's kind of funny. We had this ongoing joke. You could cut this out if you want, but we have this ongoing joke that when he's when he's eighty, I'm gonna wipe his butt for him because I love it. <laughs> no, we're leaving with, that in. I'm gonna I'm gonna change his diapers when when we just get old and ugly because we still love each other. <laughs> yeah, we great. can say whatever we want about him because he never listens to our podcast. So. <laughs> Haters gonna hate. <laughs> we should link his like Instagram into the, <laughs> in, into the at feed Chad and the barber. <laughs> have everybody yeah. message him that day and be like, "Dude, I'm so sorry." That'd be so funny. And they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah everybody get at Chad the barber. Yeah, and, slide uh, into his DMs. <laughs> that's funny. Perfect. Well, thank you for sharing that story. That's really actually cute in a gross way, but really cute. <laughs> She was like, wow, he really he really wasn't faking it. This was really a sickness. <laughs> wasn't the man cold? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, Jerry, what's our next point for for our listeners today? So our next point is going to be that someone needs to be, the person that you're with needs to be responsible with themselves and their duties. So we we like seeing people who can honor their commitments. Everybody wants to have somebody who can make and keep promises and and follow through with things that they say that they're going to do. I think that goes not only for, you know, your job or commitments they make to, like, help you with something or help others with something. But also when it comes to the church, um, specifically, like, with making and keeping sacred covenants they've made in the temple or, um, you know, baptismal covenants or covenants or promises they've made to uphold like their priesthood and fulfill callings and that kind of stuff. All of those things are super important. And those are all things you can look for during the dating and engagement phase. How is this person demonstrating to me that they can make and keep sacred covenants? Because ultimately marriage is the biggest and most sacred covenant you can make. And if they can't keep simpler covenants before that, then how are they going to keep a covenant to you for eternity and for the rest of their, at least their mortal life on earth? That's a really big question to ask yourself and to watch for that responsibility and that and the way they approach those promises that they make to you, not just when it comes to the church and between God, but also between everyday people. It's a power, powerful thing when someone can show that they honor the commitment that they made. Like, 
And a lot of the times people forget that just baptism in itself is a commitment, but people that can honor those small things. Um, and if they fail, but they keep trying, that's a really good sign also. Yes. Yes, that is a good sign. So if someone makes mistakes, I mean, that in in their covenant keeping, that doesn't mean that they're not a good fit for you. That just means that they're human, just like you, because you're imperfect as well. But the fact that they get up every day and keep trying and keep, you know, making that effort to fulfill all of their promises and commitments is a very good sign and that they own up to it and accept. And what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess you could just say that they own, they own their mistakes and they own what they're doing and seek to do better. Okay. Our next point is vulnerability. And I love this point because first off, I love Brené Brown and she talks about this. If you haven't seen the TED Talk, I think we've shared it in our show notes before. It's amazing. But vulnerability and the ability to show your emotion and to be raw and open with someone is so important in a relationship, especially in a marriage that's going to last forever, which is our hope and our goal. Um, You need to be able to be emotionally honest with the person that you are with, because in marriage, you're going to face a lot of bumps. You're going to have a lot of struggles. And if you can't be open about what you're going through and emotionally connect with the person that is your spouse and should be your number one confidant, then that's going to be a huge problem and make a create a big divide between you and your partner. So starting that pattern early when you're dating and learning how to share and be vulnerable with one another is so important for taking those first steps in connection. And if you are seeing that green flag in your relationship, that's a really good sign. Um, I know, I mean, Tanisha, you're studying all about this, I'm sure, and learning about how this is important to have that emotional connection. What thoughts would you share and how to seek out to build that connection? I would share that friendship is a key component of having like an emotional connection with your partner. And that just means like um, maybe you don't like to do the same things all the time, but maybe your partner's willing to, to be a little bit interested in what you like to do. So for example, like I really love theater and I love musicals and my husband sort of enjoys them. Like he'll watch a show, but like if I want to go see a live show, like and maybe he's not down for it he'll still go with me and be like all right like we're gonna we're gonna sit through this and watch it and I'm gonna do this because I love my wife and just like us trying to show interest in each other's hobbies my husband loves to fish I can't stand fishing I think it's the most boring thing ever and I still go with him in fact I went with him in the freezing cold during an Idaho crazy winter and sat while he fished (laughs) and just like doing those things to just be together even if it's not like the activity that you want to be doing like taking turns with that and I think also just recognizing that um you can you can have a partnership and you can enjoy each other's company um and having that feedback from the other person like the little moments are really important also like for example if Brianna's doing the dishes in the next room over and Jerry's playing Xbox and she says something to him, him responding is like really important. Even if it's like, even if it's like in passing, he's like, oh yeah, that's cool. Or like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Like I'm listening. Just like that feedback. Because when you're talking to the person that you're in a relationship with, you're actually like seeking connection. And anytime that's rejected, when the other person like doesn't respond because they're either like too engrossed in their phone or they're you know doing something um it can actually like hurt your friendship a little bit so I think it's so important to just like take those moments to pay attention to each other and just enjoy each other's company and if you're not doing that like me and Chad used to take walks with our dogs when we couldn't figure out what to do together because we are like really kind of opposite in what we like to do and so sometimes we just do um small things like that I love that. That's, that's awesome. I think when it comes to opening up another thing, because I I know you mentioned actually responding is really important when you're talking. Eye connection, you know, that, 
that looking into each other's eyes really helps. Um, your body language, facing them, you know, being open towards them and setting down the phone, setting down the distractions and having those times where you facilitate, you know, good conversation that can lead to you guys learning how to be open and, you know, vulnerable with one another is, is always to help, help drive that connection. And I think that goes back to that point of being a good listener. Like we have, we have to be, be willing to be good listeners and um, respond uh, in a way that shows people that we care also about the things that they're that they're showing because they're, you're going to have somebody who's willing to be vulnerable but they're only going to continue to be vulnerable or get better at it depending on how you respond so also if you're looking for someone who's going to be vulnerable then make sure that you're doing those things and practicing that good communication skill of listening and responding well because um, that's just something that someone's not going to continue to do if it doesn't get validated yeah, so basically you need to look for someone who's going to match your energy of vulnerability. So if you're working on being really vulnerable with this person and, you know, talking to them about how you feel and digging deep, you're looking for someone who's matching that with you. Who, when you put down your phone and try to look them in the eye, they put down their phone and look you in the eye. Um, that would be a green flag. I want to point out that green flags are things that can be worked on. Like all these flags aren't something that necessarily has to just pop up right away. I feel like people can have a yellow neutral flag. <laughs> we always have the red flag and the green flag. Okay, now there's a yellow neutral flag where, you know, maybe they're kind of in the middle. We wish it was more of a, a solid green flag. And so, you know, <laughs> something like that with the vulnerability, like if, if you feel like they're kind of on the fence, you guys are okay at it. You know, this is a chance, like, for you guys to be able to work on that constructive feedback, you know, and say, you know, I just feel like we could be a little bit more vulnerable with with each other, you know, and I feel that way because of because of this. So how how can we, you know, those IOE statements, like how can we be better at being vulnerable? And that puts you in that, that position where that other person can now open up and respond to your feedback. And that just connects a ton of different green flags all at once just because you had that communication. And I like that. That's why we talked about communication being number one. Because like I said, if we don't have this communication, we don't have these conversations, then we're going to be missing out on a lot of these different flags here. Okay, so uh, moving on to our last couple points here. We think that it's really important to see how somebody operates within their personal family unit, how they respond to um, their mother's messages, or do they call their moms, you know, or dads, and how they respond to their kids and siblings. Like, what is their relationship like with their family? Why do you think that's important, Brianna? Number one reason I think in my book is because how they treat them their closest family is how they're going to treat you. And so when you're seeing that they're super respectful and loving to their, you know, father, to their mothers and sisters, or that they have really good, strong relationships with their friends, and you can see that their friends and their family, like, count on them and depend on them and trust them, and that there's, like, that mutual respect there, that's a really great sign of someone who knows how to build healthy relationships with those around them. So listening to how people talk about the person you're dating um, and, you know, and how they interact with one another is one great way to get a good gauge on who this person is, not just with you because you've only been dating, you know, a month or a couple months or a few weeks, but with people that they've been with for years. So that's definitely a green flag if you're seeing good, healthy relationships patterned throughout their life. When your partner can demonstrate like positive relationship skills with other people. It's a really good sign. And like, even if they don't have positive relationships from their family experience, like if they just weren't raised in like a, like a good structured home or if they had a lot of trauma from their family experience, but they can kind of shift it into a positive light. That's a good sign. If they can, um, they have dealt with it and have overcome it and have a different perspective on it. Um, I think that's also a good sign. It's a, it's good to see that they are capable of communicating effectively with other relationships. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that validates just what Brianna was saying, that it's important because, I mean, that to also realize that this is something that can be effective just with how they even operate within their friend groups, their friend mm -hmm. circles. Yeah. Just because those, those ways that they just communicate with those that are closest to them and the way that they talk about them. I think is a is really good thing to observe. Okay, and then our last point here that we have for 
these more absolute green flags. And of course, there's going to be more. These are the, this is the last of the ones that I think we're going to highlight tonight. And that's, we can't leave this out. We want somebody who's going to show a love for God and strives to keep covenants. I mean, this is a Christian dating podcast. Where would we be if we didn't plug in the fact that, that God is important and, and the relationship with God is important in somebody that uh, we're looking to date? Yeah, so someone who's going to include God like in your relationship, and your marriage is very important because if that is your main goal is to have this eternal celestial marriage, then you guys need to be on the same page. And that comes testimony-wise, um, like church attendance-wise, all of those things. You're looking for someone who's going to be equally yoked with you, going to match your energy and your faith and your joy in the gospel. Um because if you're starting off unevenly matched, it's going to take a toll on your marriage. And that doesn't mean that they can't get there. That doesn't mean that you just drop them immediately because they're not quite there. Um, but if they're willing to work on that and willing to improve their relationship with God, then that's a really good sign. And, and you're looking for that desire, like they talk about in Alma, right? That desire to have that faith and to grow that faith and to, you know, have this eternal marriage with you. Yeah, I remember there were times in my dating experience when I said, hey, Brianna, how about we go do this thing or this thing? And she was like, I, I can't do that this afternoon. I have a, I have this committee meeting I have to, I have to go to. And I just wasn't mad. I, I was in, I thought it was endearing that she was willing to accept her callings and to magnify them. And so I think it's super, super cool. It's super cool that she did that. And I think that's important and in, in somebody that we're looking for too. I agree. I think, you know, it's interesting. When I met my husband, I was not in a good spot spiritually. Um, I will just openly <laughs> admit that I was <laughs> struggling and um, I was like, if it's not a good time um, because of my struggles, we could date later, basically, is what I said. And I basically told him like what my struggles were and he was just like no like it's okay like this is where you're at um I support you like we can make progress but I kind of yeah I gave him the caveat like hey you know things aren't going well for me and I you know I gotta talk to the bishop about some things and he was really supportive of that and that was like really like he was it was a very spiritual experience for me to sit with um, to sit with someone that I was dating and him be like, I'm not going to judge you about your mistakes or where you're at and I'm going to help you and I'm going to love you and I'm going to support you. Um, so yeah, I think that recognizing that he was like, he was a spiritual person and he was also like following good Christian values was really good and important for me when I was dating him. I think it's so important that, that you would, are willing to talk about that because like we talked about, you know, the a more seemingly perfect example of someone we're looking for, you know, but what, what better way to, to see somebody who's emulating God than, you know, to somebody that is somebody who is um, willing to be forgiving and, you know, follow, follow those most basic commandments and continuing to love somebody for who they are and love their neighbors and, and then and not judge them for for their past transgressions. You know, we're willing to be with somebody and when you're signing up to to live with somebody for the rest of your life, you're also willing to help work with them and in, in their struggles and the when their testimony is lacking to help strengthen one another or you know when they feel that they've committed certain sins and have these open com- open communications about it and help them get over that as well and help them get closer to God by going through the repentance process. I think that's super important that you talk about that because there is no there is no perfect person when it comes to finding somebody who's um, embracing God and, and seeking his covenants, but you can find people who are actively striving to do so. Yeah, I think it's important the difference between having someone maybe that is dragging their feet a little bit in the gospel and someone that you're dragging in the gospel right so like you shouldn't have to be dragging your significant other to like go to events with you know, regarding the church or like read the scriptures or pray like you shouldn't feel like you're literally like pulling them along with you sometimes they might drag their feet a little bit because they're having you know struggles or going through the repentance process or they're scared or 
they're having doubts. That's totally normal. We all go through cycles of that. Um, but you should feel that there is at least a desire in them. Like Tanisha had obviously a desire because she was sharing with her her boyfriend at the time that she wanted to go through this repentance process and wanted to improve. Um, and that's the difference is that desire was there. Um, maybe didn't know how to start or didn't know, you know, how it was going to happen, but there was a desire there to to move forward. I think it's also important to recognize that it's not necessarily your responsibility to get somebody that you're dating there either. Mm -hmm. So like where Brianna's talking about almost leads more towards a red flag type thing. If you have somebody that you feel like you're just having to drag to all the church activities and doesn't like to talk about um, church related things with you ever, you know, those things will probably bring you down a little bit more and that's going to cause a lot of work on your end. And so obviously you would hope that you have enough relationship at this point that you have to decide, you know, am I willing to work with them on these things or am I not willing to work with them on these things? Because I think it's really important to connect with somebody who can meet on that spiritual level with you. I think that's the same thing with like intellectual things, you know, um, emotional things. Like you have to be able to to connect with somebody in that way who can give you that level playing field and in, in uh, communication and education wise. Yeah, and that doesn't mean like you don't marry someone who's in, in you know struggling with their testimony, um, but you do wait until you guys are both at a spot in your life where you feel like you're you have that faith and that testimony strong enough to move forward with getting married in the temple, and so you shouldn't have to drag someone to the temple. You know, you should be both enthusiastic and happy about making this covenant and being an eternal family and and have this faith and this love that you are joining together in the temple. It should be exciting and happy. And you want and you want someone to do that for themselves, right? Like you want mm-hmm. them to do that for their own reasons. Nobody, I mean, it doesn't. You'd feel guilty. Not just to like make you happy. <laughs> yeah, like you, you, <laughs> you also have to be careful because you don't want somebody who's going to go through all these processes, you know, just for you. And then if anything happens with you, they just go back to exactly how they were. You know, that's not real real progress. So I'm curious on your end, Tanisha. I know we're kind of going off on a little tangent here, but with your experience, with you having a struggle with your testimony at that time. How did Chad support you in that time that helped you? Um, and what was the difference? What made the difference for you in deciding you wanted to, you know, repent and, you know, build your faith in your testimony? Um, I think, well, at the time I, you know, I knew that I was kind of in a rough spot and I was like, I had just met Chad and I was like, oh man, I met this really good guy and now I'm not in a good spot. And so, honestly, like, at the time, I was like, I need to tell him, like, what he's getting into right now, because I don't want him to feel, like, betrayed if he finds out later. Basically, it was what the deal was, because I was like, well, I'm going through this hard time, and I don't want, I didn't want him to feel like I, I don't know, I just wanted him to know. Like, I felt like, if you're dating someone, you should disclose, like, something like that, because, like, what if in from that point what if in like a couple months he like you know decided he really liked me and wanted to be in a relationship and he didn't know about that I don't know I just felt like it was something I needed to tell him and so um but I felt like his support was really just saying like he told me um he told me that Heavenly Father loved me no matter what and he told me that like I could overcome anything through like the power of Jesus Christ. And like, I had never had someone I dated before, like actually be like that. Like before, I think guys before would have reacted with like either judgment or like, Oh, never mind, I don't want to date you or, you know, things like that. I'd never had actually someone that was willing to like sit with it and be like, Oh, okay. Like I can see like where you're struggling and offer kind of just pure love like that's really what it was like he was just like no like heavenly father loves you and like you know you can do this and he was basically like i don't mind that you're working on your spirituality while we're dating like i don't expect you to be perfect and that was a huge green flag for me because he wasn't like i felt like other guys i dated before then were picking apart things that i did or thought spiritually and were like you're wrong and because I think that I don't want to date you they were very like judgmental and I felt like 
I had to be like perfect spiritually for them. And I, I, the guy I dated before Chad, I felt like I was just never good enough spiritually for him. And I was always trying to like be extra. You can't force faith. Like it grows very slowly. And so Chad just being able to understand that and be like, okay, you'll, you'll figure it out and I'll be here because I like you was so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really love that. And I, I think it leads back to perfectly what we were talking about earlier, which is that emotional vulnerability and being open. And that's exactly what you did. You put yourself out there and he matched you and he supported you and he was there for you in that obviously sounds like it was a big game changer for you because you felt seen and accepted and supported. Um, yeah. So obviously he practiced good listening. <laughs> there was good <laughs> communication, vulnerability, all of those green flags were hitting right there. And because of that, because of that patience and support you got from him, you guys are married now. So obviously that's an important, important step to have in a relationship. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with our podcast listeners too. Yeah. All right, Brianna. So uh, I think that's it. Is there any other points you can think of or one that we missed? Um, I think for me, one that is really important that I want to talk about is respect and consent. And that could start really early on in the relationship, literally with the first date. And it's just as simple as it sounds. Respect for one another, respect for your boundaries, respect for your wants and your needs in a relationship and consent when it comes to like physical intimacy and, um, you know, boundaries that you do place in a relationship with things you do or do not want to happen. So all of those things are really important if you find someone that respects your boundaries and the things that you want in a relationship and respects you as a person. So definitely look for that. That is a major, major deal when it comes to dating and relationships. Certainly. I'm, I'm glad that you that you remembered that and, and brought that up because everybody wants to feel respected. Everybody wants to know that, you know, when I set these boundaries for safety for myself and they adhere to um, that specific boundary, I mean, that's going to show love and concern. That's going to show a lot of these other green flags that we're talking about because uh, you're bringing safety and security into your relationship. Yeah, and it's not just respect also for like your body and your boundaries, but respect when they talk to you. If they talk to you respectfully and with love is really important too, and it affects you, um, especially if you're going to be with this person, living with them forever. Um, and that respect when they talk to you in person, like right next to you, or when they're not with you, or when they're talking about you with friends and family, all of those things are super important. Um, but yeah. That's a that's a big green flag. I don't know if Tanisha has any other green flags that she wants to add before we close up this section here. I think it's it's been wonderful. I don't have any more green flags to share, but it was wonderful to have this conversation with you and just hear about um just think about moments that I hadn't thought of in like a couple of years about what I what green flags I saw in my husband and so um, it's been wonderful and thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. And I mean, before we wrap up, we do want to remind you that green flags can also be very personal. Um, I love before we jumped into this conversation, Tanisha mentioned something uh, before we hit record that when she was dating her husband, she loved his love for kids and like how he interacted with children. And that was a major green flag for her because, you know, she liked how he acted around kids and having a family is important to her. So. It is important, I think, personally, for you to, checklists aren't good for everything, but for this, when you're dating someone, they should at least meet the bare minimum checklist of green flags of what we listed today. Um, and maybe not be perfect at them because nobody's perfect, but striving and doing their best to meet all of these and meeting them for the most part. Um, but you might have to add a few ones at the, at the bottom of that list, like something that's important to you, like being good with kids or... Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Like exercise goals. Yeah, like exercise goals. If you want someone who's physically um, active and loves to hike, that's another thing that you could add there. And it's important to not make this list 100 miles long, but you can have a few extra green flags in there that you're looking for in that person you're dating that's going to be compatible with you and be able to help you have a healthy and happy relationship. Thanks for sharing I that, agree. Brianna. 
All right, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Um, Tanisha, do you have any other final thoughts before we close out? Um, My final thought was well, just going to add to what Bree said. I was just thinking that, um, yeah, it's important to come up with things that you you like about, like what you want in a partner, um, like fitness, like health, or even if it's something as simple as, um, you know, the other person likes cars like you like cars or something just simple things or they're willing to participate in activities with you but I was just thinking about that and thinking that it's important to um come up with things that you want in somebody but also if they come with green flags that you hadn't even thought of you could delete the other ones because I definitely did that with Chad <laughs> I had like this list and I was like crossing a bunch of them off <laughs> when they got engaged because I was like well I'm not gonna get that but I do get this other thing that I didn't even know I wanted I love that and Chad is like what an inch shorter than you or something right well Chad's like He's okay like we've, I've height. accepted my height I used to lie about my height I used to be very <laughs> self-conscious and there was a point where I dated another guy that was shorter than me before Chad, and he made me okay with it. And so when I dated Chad, Chad's 5'9", and I am six foot tall. So, And I wore heels to church for the first time as a married person a couple Sundays ago, and it was Ooh. the best thing ever. I was like 6'4", and my husband did not care because he loves me. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> see and that was probably like a big thing on your list was like has to be taller than me that's a typical girl thing right yeah I was like he has to be six seven (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) and so things like that sometimes don't matter at all when it comes to actually meeting the person that's going to be your partner and so maybe being a little bit more loosey-goosey with those extra checklist items and just focusing on the main things that are the meat of a relationship and really important um and that will truly lead to happiness because I'm pretty sure that when Tanisha and Chad are in arguments, it's not about their height difference. So, nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Tanisha, for coming onto the podcast. Thanks, Brianna, for being here, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thanks for having me, Jerry. We've already listed before and talked about how you guys can reach Tanisha. So. We'll drop all those below in the show notes. Thank you. What Brianna said, <laughs> we'll put them in the show notes so that you guys can uh, reach out to her with any questions or, or comments. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.